Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Wednesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. It does not get any better than this. A lot going on today. It's a lot going on, but it's just not not just a lot going on for the sake of going on. It is the quality of going on. On the show today, Roxy Roxborough, the legendary founder of Las Vegas Sports Consultants, who still likes to bet baseball season win totals. We have him on once a year to do that. We have him on other times, too, but we do the baseball season win totals on an annual basis. And he will be here to join us later on in the show to give us just that. We look forward to it. Also, the uh, usual Wednesday staples, Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke from the Wide World of Weingarten Podcast. Look forward to that. Uh, Brady Cannon on the Valero Open. That'll all happen. Elihu Foistel will be here as well. Well, he won't be here. Roxy will be here. Elihu will be uh, through the magic of Skype. He'll be on the show today. And for those who are like, Elihu Foistel, who's that? Uh, Let me just say for me, maybe my North Star in sports betting. The one human being on earth that I have probably learned the most from in sports betting throughout the entire course of my life, and not even directly often, sometimes just indirectly, reading his books, reading his reviews of books, reading his conflict resolution between sports bettors and and books themselves, and really the, the best data scientist that sports betting has ever known for my money. He'll join us for a couple segments. He's also going to be uh, at uh, Bet Bash, Bet Bash 2 this weekend on the Art of Sports Betting panel, which I'm super honored to uh, be moderating. We will talk to Elihu Foistel in a bit as well. And, uh, Jeff, we will have to look at, again, the Tim Bontemps, for those who missed it, the Tim Bontemps straw poll for NBA MVP and how that, how the results of that straw poll, 100 writers who cover the NBA, completely changed the market. And for those of us who have... Nikola Jokic tickets, that's a very, very fine development. And then how did last night's results play into it as well? But first, as if we needed more, ladies and gentlemen, pioneer in uh, predicting sports through the use of predictive algorithms, it's the great Dr. Bob Stoll. How you doing, Bob? Doing good, Gil. I'm, uh, uh, tell Elihu I said hi. Um, I know him, and he was a client of mine for years. I don't know if he still is, but um, good guy, and um, I'm a little... Upset that you've learned more from him than you have from me, but I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. You know, that's a, that's a very good point that you bring up there. Um, half and half. How about that? How about that? 
Oh, but put you right up there. You don't have to do that. You're, no, you're, I know how you really feel. You're, you're you don't the, have to do that. Yeah, I'm not doing it on purpose. This is Mount Rushmore. It's, it seems like an oversight on my part. You're right. Because different in different ways, but but absolutely the same amount. Because you uh, have done things from a, a very distinct perspective for so many years. And sometimes I like to have you on, even if you don't have a play, just to talk through some stuff. And so we get to the final four games in, in March Madness, and I'm not even sure if you have a play on either of these, but I want to I walk uh, through them. Obviously, Kansas and Villanova to start things off on Saturday, with Villanova missing Justin Moore now with the ruptured Achilles. Um, I don't know if it's contagious in the D.C. area. He's from DeMatha High School, but they are without their second leading scorer, their second assist man. Kansas favored by four. Did you end up, and by the way, the total, I want to talk about that as well, 132 and a half, 133. Did you end up with anything here? Well, the trick with this one, I, I thought Kansas was mostly favored by four and a half, I think, but maybe it's four in some spots. Uh, the trick here is, is valuing more. Uh, he is their number two scorer, but he only shoots 39.7%, which is not hard to replace. Um, and when you, there's two ways to look at this. You can look at actual plus-minus numbers adjusted for variance, et cetera, and you can look at the, the overall statistical impact, of, like a box score plus-minus sort of, of way of looking at it. And I get two very different ways of valuing him. Um, the first, let's, let's go over the, the, the actual plus-minus stuff. Um, when he has not when, when he has not been in the game, when Moore has not been in the game, Villanova has outscored their opponents by 17.7 points per 100 possessions. When he is in the game, it's plus 13.5. So they've been 4.2 points per 100 possessions better when he's not in the game this season. Now, most of that, in fact, all of that can be explained by the fact that when he's not in the game, for whatever reason, they've allowed 25.9% three-point shooting, and that can make anyone, any you know, group of players look particularly good. When you take that out, it works out about the same um, as far as you know, adjusting for that variance in defensive three-point shooting when Moore is not in the game. The overall adjusted plus-minus when he's in or out is about a half a point. You get something like about a half a point that he might be worth. The other way to look at it is, is looking at the stats and looking what he contributes. Now, I've already mentioned his bad shooting, um, but uh, the big difference when Moore is in is the lack of turnovers. They don't turn the ball over nearly as much, about 4.5% um, fewer turnovers per possession when Moore is in the game than when he's not. So they turn it over more when he's out of the game. Now, like I said, overall, the offensive points per possession is about the same whether it's in or out. It's 108.0 when Moore is in the game, 107.6 points per 100 possessions when Moore is out of the game. So like I said, it's kind of an insignificant difference worth maybe about half a point. Defense works out the same when you adjust for the variance. Now we talk about the stats. Now Moore is not a good shooter, but when Moore is out, you're going to get about 26 minutes of Chris Arcia DeCono. There you go. Uh, I need an Italian to help me with that one. Not as good as his brother. In fact, he shoots 26.7% this year and 25.4% in 63 career shots. Um, now, if he takes three or four shots a game in those 26 minutes, he doesn't shoot a lot, but he'll, he'll take a few shots because the other team's going to give him shots. Um, then you get the difference in more being in or out worth about 0.2 points only because Arcia Dacono is going to take three or four shots at 27%, but the rest of Moore's shots, about nine, will come from 
more efficient players. So the shooting part of it is barely worth anything. The big difference, looking at it statistically, is the impact on the turnovers, which I think is about two points per game, and the defensive impact is negligible. So if you look at it from a statistical, you know, looking at the stats and who's going to be taking his minutes, you get him worth about 2.2 points, and that's, that's even less than I think with the market adjusted. But I'm going to go with the two. I'm going to be more conservative here and say he's worth 2.2 points using, you know, kind of a look at his stats and who's going to be taking his minutes. And doing that, I get Kansas by 4.0. So I'm pretty much on market. I would probably side with Villanova, who's 18-4-1 against the spread in an NCAA tournament game since 2016. They've covered all four this year, although pretty lucky to be Houston, which, you know, Houston was one of 20 from three-point range, which has not much to do with Villanova's defense. It has more to do with Houston just having a bad shooting night. And with Houston being out of the tournament, I no longer have any anybody in my pool that's going to take me to the promised land. So I'm a little bit bummed about that. Yeah. I'd probably lean with Houston here based on their tournament record. Uh, not Houston. You're probably leaning with who now here? With You said Houston. Probably leaning with Villanova. Villanova, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, no, sorry. I wish Houston And the total seems just about right to you, despite the Villanova plod fest that we saw against Houston. No, I think it's going to, you know, rounds three and four tend to go under uh, in general, going back some years and this year, particularly, I think only one game went over out of the 12 in rounds three and four. Uh, there's usually a bit of an overreaction to that, and, and final four, especially round five games, tend to go over. And um, my math has 138 and a half. The total is 133. Um, but that's assuming, you know, that the pace is fairly normal. It could slow down without more. But then again, maybe not. It's, it's hard to say in the one game that Moore did not play, they beat UConn by 11, and they were up by 23 in that game. So they dominated the one game that Moore did not play. And it was a high-scoring game with a higher pace. So it's, you know, I don't, there's no reason to think the pace would be lower without him, especially given that one game it was higher than it should have been. Um, so I'd lean over as well. Okay. Uh, and then game two, we got about two minutes for this, Bob. Carolina and Duke, of yeah, course. No, yeah, my, my ratings have been on North Carolina every single game. I've, not, I've only played them as a best bet once, uh, and that was in the opener against Marquette. Um, because there's been some situational stuff and some patterns that have been against North Carolina. But why my ratings have liked North Carolina so much, they've been underrated ever since they lost to Pitt in mid-February. After that game, Coach Davis shortened his rotation, like really shortened it, down to like six players and sometimes seven. Um, now, a lot of teams shorten the rotation in the NCAA tournament, and Duke's rotation is 1.8 points better, better than their overall season rotation because they shorten their rotation as well. Uh, but the difference between North Carolina's six good players that are all getting that are getting all the minutes right now, and the and the players that have been cut out of the rotation is more significant than most good teams. The other guys on North Carolina's team have really struggled when they were playing. Davis now has six good players playing all of the minutes, and the difference in the rotation with those six players versus their entire season rotation is about three and a half points. I mean, it's been a huge difference. And ever since that loss to, to Pitt, they've been the best team in the country. Including that win at Duke, I had them as the best bet in that game, getting 11 and a half points. They won by 14. It was not a fluke. Uh, I think they match up pretty well with Duke. Um, so there, there is some stuff that 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 goes against them here. And it's not quite as much line value now as there's been on North Carolina every single game so far. But I think the line should be about two and a half, uh, and it's uh, it's four. So I, I certainly I, I use North Carolina as an opinion, which is sort of a half unit sort of bet. For me, so I use North Carolina as an opinion when it was plus four and a half, and at plus four or more, I still like uh, North Carolina. 
See, Bob, you, you taught me a whole bunch this morning already because you kind of flipped my head on, on both games. In terms of the total, you, you lean over in the Kansas-Villanova game, and you like uh, you like the dogs, an opinion even as much on the Carolina Tar Heels in this game against Duke. So there you go. Once again, top of my Mount Rushmore, Bob. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bob Stoll, everybody, at DR Bob Stoll. What do you do? We, we got to run, but you, your summary, when do you start with college football prep? When does that happen for you? Oh, late July. Okay. I don't really dig in too early, late All July. Right. All right. Enjoy your kids. Take a break. All right. Thank no, you. I'm playing golf, y'all. Forget oh, those kids. Sorry. Apologize. Bob, thank you as always. Really appreciate it. All right, y'all. Thanks. The great Dr. Bob Stoll at DR Bob Sports on Twitter, drbobsports.com on the World Wide Web. Coming back, NBA scoring update, scoring title update, the MVP straw poll that changed the market, and a whole bunch of great games tonight. Coming back, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today. Won't take you but a few seconds. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Won't take you but a few minutes. And then start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. It's that simple. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love. BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We got a lot to get. We got a lot to get to here uh, before we uh, we have the guest cavalcade of Elihu Foistel, Roxy Roxborough, Jason Weingarten, Brady Cannon. Uh, first tennis picks. Let's get those out of the way. Yesterday, a ridiculous Jeff, a ridiculous positive day one and two, because we hit a big dog uh, on Francisco Serundolo over Francis Tiafo, and so that made up for the two straight-set losses we lost on Cam Nori in the morning. Trust me, he's not a Scam Nori. It's good. 
Uh, and then uh, apparently Danielle Collins had a neck injury and she just like got rolled by Osaka. Not to take away credit from Osaka, but that was a disaster as well. But we end up with a winning day going one and two. Ridiculous. Uh, small token win, but a, a win nonetheless. Today, this is not going to be fun for a lot of people because one is a massive dog that, again, if you, you say to me, hey, do you expect it to win? Uh, enough for me to play it. But should he be a dog? Yeah, he should be a dog. He just shouldn't be this massive of a dog. And then one favorite that might be a little too high for some, but I got it a little better than it is right now. But anyway, Serundolo at plus 385 over Yannick Center was the price. You can get him at like plus 430 right now. You can even get him at a better price right now. Remember, the difference between plus 385 and plus 430, uh, say, ain't the difference mathematically that, you know, the difference between minus 120 and minus 165 is. But anyway, at whatever price, north of $4, Serundolo, should he be the dog against Center? Yes, but uh, the numbers that I have tell me he shouldn't be anywhere near this kind of a dog. Not even close. Francisco Sarundolo to the well once again today over Yannick Center. And then I am on Paula Badosa over Jesse Pagula, two, uh, two lady, ladies who I love betting on. Uh, but uh, Badosa, or as we like to call her, bad, bad dose of tennis, meaning good. Uh, she got the she's she's about minus one seventy five right now. I wouldn't let it get too much higher than that. But I like Badosa in this one over Pagula to get to the semis. Uh, to play the winner of the Sviatek Kvitova match later in the day, which I fully expect to be Sviatek. So, Serundolo on the men's side, Big Dog Badosa on the ladies' side, a solid favorite. Those are your two tennis plays of the day in Miami, which has been just a uh, excellent tournament for us, generally speaking, with one bad day this past Sunday. All right, basketball, whole bunch going on. We had this Tim Bontemps straw poll. Jeff, did you see this? We were talking about it on primetime yesterday. Where Tim Bontemps yesterday at ESPN polled 100 guys who cover, or, or, and, and ladies, who cover the NBA. And he put it to a vote. And looky, looky, Nikola Jokic ended up, by the way, the uh, Giannis number on the far right is incorrect. But uh, Nikola Jokic ended up with 62 first place votes, 31 second, four thirds, and then three people inexplicably decided to vote him fifth, which makes no sense whatsoever. Like, did they get their their votes uh, revoked? So um, Joel Embiid ended up with 29, 37, and 34, first, second, and third. So he ended up with 100 points uh, when all of this was said and done. And I guess Giannis, we, we had a different point total for Giannis yesterday. But anyway, Giannis ended up with just nine first-place votes, 32nd and 55, third, six-fourth. Um, when when Tim Bontemps did this uh, tally yesterday. But anyway, Jokic and Embiid, neck and neck, with Jokic getting a whole bunch more in terms of the first place votes. So did it move the market? It sure did. And you might remember three weeks ago on this show, I was like, I don't care if I didn't get Jokic at, you know, the great number that other people got him in. He was still plus money. He was still plus 160. I'm like, I'm taking him because he's the best player in basketball. How is he still plus money? And the result of this straw poll changed the market where now Nikola Jokic is a favorite. I think everywhere you look, maybe with the exception of one place where it's almost a coin flip now at this point, Nikola Jokic becomes the favorite. So, yes, the answer to the question of, wow, a simple straw poll conducted by one dude can change a market. By the way, here are the BetMGM odds, proud sponsors of this show. Nikola Jokic now minus 120 to win a back-to-back MVP. Joel Embiid becomes plus 100, Giannis and everybody else in double digits. So the answer to the question, yes, can one thing change a market like this? In these awards markets, yes. And, Jeff, the, the one thing I'll bring up is 
with anything like this. Will this cause, if you, do, if you don't buy into the fact that this will cause a different vote, I, I would push back on that. And I would say, don't you think even a straw vote like this, with a week and a half left in the regular season, will do enough? We'll never find out the answer to this, but we'll do enough that a few voters, if not more than a few, will at least cause themselves to reconsider their non-Jokic vote. Would you accept that, Jeff? I think they're that impressionable. I, look, anything's, for anything's possible with humans voting on things, Gil. We, we know that. By the way, for the people that put them fifth in that straw poll, oh. you watched the game this Get year? Get out of here. Like, what are you Get doing? out of here. What are you doing? By the way, I will say, that, I will say this too, Gil. It's kind of a, a forget the straw poll for a second here. Last night, Philadelphia loses to Milwaukee in a game they totally controlled. So this is a question I asked. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and and I don't think it was Embiid's fault. That, it was clearly not Embiid's fault they lost the game. That was a classic Doc Rivers has no idea what he's doing uh, as a head coach deal Where why they lost that game. He got outcoached by Budenholzer, which is a pretty hard thing to do still. But you don't like Budenholzer all of a sudden? I, I've never really loved Budenholzer. Okay. I, I just think Giannis, Giannis and Middleton were so good in the postseason last year that it outweighed them. But, Gil, it just – if Philadelphia – you brought this up yesterday. Philly gets the one seed advantage Embiid. If Philly doesn't get the one seed, I don't know if – I don't know how you avoid giving it to Jokic, assuming Denver doesn't fall into the seven seed, which doesn't look like it's going to happen at this point. And we just found out Robert Williams will come back, uh, according to Woj. Second round, potentially. Second round, potentially. Four to six weeks out. But it's right around the second round of the NBA playoffs. So, advantage Celtics once again, which was a bit of a surprise. But you, you brought up the end of that game last night. For those who missed it, the Bucks beat the Sixers by two in Philly. The final sequence, Harden misses a three. Embiid gets the board, and can I characterize it as a soft putback? Some of you may remember Charles Smith with the uh, New York Knicks so many years ago when Scottie Pippen rejected him. So that kind of putback, and Giannis rejected it. It was called a goaltend at first, but on review, it was a clean block. And so I, that was the other question I asked of Matt and Kelly on primetime action last night. I was like, hey, let me ask you an outlandish question recency bias with voters does a finish like that in a big game where Embiid throws up a soft follow and Giannis rejects it also would that just I'm not saying it's gonna change every voter but isn't there one or two voters right that would just get picked off by that result in the end we're like see Embiid maybe we should change our mind about Embiid and Giannis by the way with defensive player Giannis is like, shouldn't people after the be like oh he's the best defensive player every year what are we who are we voting on other people I mean you could start Saying Giannis is just the best player, period, and he's almost yeah. in the LeBron category when LeBron was clearly the best player in the league, and you could give him the award, the MVP, that is, every single year. Gil, you know it. The the uh, the recency bias definitely plays in, as you said. Voters are very impressionable, and if Philly gets hot this last these last two weeks, gets the one seed, Denver cools off a little bit, and. If they even if they hold on to the sixth seed, you know this can flip again. Even though if we're just going solely off the numbers and solely off what we've seen this year, as great as Joel Embiid has been, Jokic has he's been not, better. He's not Jokic. You watch the Nuggets any night, you're like, you can land from Mars and not know what basketball is, but if you watch a Nuggets game, you're like, oh, that guy's controlling everything. Controlling everything. He's 19 triple doubles, I believe. 19. No one has more. No one else has more than 13. Dejounte Murray with 13. So, 
By the way, the NBA scoring title thing, which we talked about the prop yesterday, and I was going through the adjusted math and all of that, and I was like, oh, Kevin, Gar- Kevin, Kevin uh, Durant has to average 48 points the rest of the way to absorb the zeros he'll get in the three mythical games because he can only top out at 55 games and you need a minimum 58. But then with adjusted math, you could still qualify. He racks up 41 yesterday. So, Jeff, six games left potentially for KD. He's got to average 49 a game. And then he would exceed what LeBron has now. The LeBron question is the biggest thing in the world. The Lakers now on the outside looking in. That could change if the Spurs lose tonight. But they're on the outside looking in of the play-in. Forget the playoff. They're on the outside looking in of the play-in with the 11th seed. They have seven games left. LeBron has to play three more, and it looks like he's not playing in the next one. One other thing, too. Giannis hopped Embiid last night by... Point oh oh one. So Giannis technically ahead of Embiid now. Um, On my list in front of me, he is. Well, here, here's what I got. Giannis has eighteen hundred and fifty three points in sixty two games. Embiid has eighteen hundred and fifty three points in sixty two games. But actually, they are tied. They are tied, <laughs> as tied as you there can you possibly go. be tied. Uh, but if you look at the if you look at the number right now, LeBron at thirty point one. But remember that will get adjusted if he doesn't play in three more games. Both Giannis and Embiid at twenty nine point nine, and KD. Once again, this is where we're talking. This is why we bring him up, right? The sneaky, the sneaky, freaky brother sneaking in from the rear. KD at uh, right now at twenty nine point seven, but has to score forty nine a game to absorb the three games he won't get credit for to win a scoring title. Coming back, Elihu Foistel next on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stack starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot or Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked, sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive through and pick up your Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, this is a treat for me. I said at the top of the program, this is the gentleman... No question, I believe, that that I've learned the most from throughout my arc as a sports better through the decades. Oftentimes, not directly, oftentimes indirectly, uh, because he has done so much. Uh, he was the ghostwriter of something called the Pinnacle Pulse, which uh, was ostensibly by Simon Noble. But uh, this gentleman ghostwrote many of them. Just a great rearing on sports betting through the years in the 90s and the early 2000s when he took over uh, that ghostwriting. Author of a book called Conquering Risk, uh, which sits proudly on my bookshelf still to this day, Conquering Risk, uh, Attacking Wall Street and Vegas, and has worn even more hats than that at uh, Sportsbook Reviews, specialized in conflict resolution. Perhaps if you've read reviews of any kinds of books on sports betting. You've seen him under that same moniker, Justin Seven, writing those reviews. Um, data scientist is probably what he would call himself. It's Elihu Foistel, everybody. How you doing, Elihu? Good. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, man, and I like your uh, your fuzzed-out background. It's very high-tech of you. I like, it. I like it very much. Well, it's easier than cleaning up my office. <laughs> That's uh, probably a good strategy. Now, the reason, of course, that we are uh, lucky enough to have Elihu today is he will be part of the Art of Sports betting panel that I am honored to moderate at Bet Bash 2 this Sunday. Chris Bennett from Circle will be on the panel. Spanky himself will be on there as well. Zach White, little Zach, uh, will be on the panel as well. So that should be just an awesome conversation 
of, of the things I mentioned, let's start here with your background, because you are a lawyer by trade who transitioned into the world of sports betting. There was blackjack and board games that sort of yeah. uh, facilitated that or sort of catalyzed that transition. What's the thing in the sports betting realm of the things I mentioned that you're most proud of, or can you even answer that? Uh, it's never really been about pride. It's been about fun. So, you know, different people have different reasons to attack sports betting. The most common, you know, some people want to make money. Some people want to beat the man, you know, the, beat Vegas, beat the huge sports book. And that's kind of the lure. Um, for me, it was the challenge. It was more of that. I mean, yes, the money's nice, but more about, you know, beating them in the game. Beating them in the game. Because yeah, for, for you, money is not the primary motivator at this point. Um, money is a scorecard. Money is the scorecard. You're right. Well, let me ask you this. Let me just throw in this nugget, and you don't have to go into extensive detail if you don't want, but you did have the book Conquering Risk, which was, as you would put it, largely for, from your perspective, beginning sports bettors. You're thinking about writing something else for a little bit of a different audience? Uh, yes. I'm actually about halfway through it right now. So instead of beginners, it's more targeted towards people who, who, are, who are winning bettors who have at least fifty or 100000 which means it'll be a minuscule audience, and maybe I'll sell three copies. Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you something. I think there's a lot of people listening that would be that right now are like, oh, my God, I'd love to read this. So I think it would be a, uh, I said to you once, like a T206 Honus Wagner kind of thing, but I think it'll be you know more widespread yeah. than that than you're giving it credit for. So one of the things you mentioned to me is the biggest change for you as a sports better in recent years has been what? The legalization of sports betting in the U.S., and that just completely made things so much easier to win. So in the past, if you wanted to beat sports betting, you had two choices. You could play against the big books, the big boys, like, you know, Chris and Pinnacle, and you could beat them, and you could beat them slow because they were smart. You could make a, make a little money, and you get paid. No worries about getting paid. Or you could beat the, the little guys, and they'd eventually cut you out. Uh, the U.S. sort of combined them both. It's these these new books are so greedy to get new customers that they'll let you beat them. They'll let you beat them big, and but they don't have the background experience, the domain that these offshore books have. So it's I mean, candy stores just keep opening up and giving it away. It's just, it's insane. Do, do they also, I guess, part and parcel with that? Do they not have? Maybe I'm reading in between the lines of what you just said. Do they not have the same ability to profile betters as accurately? Uh, absolutely not. You know, I think they are mainly using just win-loss, and there are much better ways to profile people than win-loss. When you profile a player just using win-loss, you risk kicking out a whale who went on a, a winning streak. You risk letting a losing player keep playing. Uh, sorry, a winning player who lost a lot and who's going to come back and beat you, you let him you know, come back and beat you, even though you could have identified him earlier and stopped him. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a horrific mistake to not have good player profiling. And, and, and just to sort of clarify for folks, one of the, if, if you're a book, then one of the biggest mistakes for you would be not to properly identify a losing whale. So what you're saying is a, a short-term lucky streak, they'll just kick that guy out, could be a girl, but they'll, let's say yes. mostly, li most likely it's a guy, they'll just kick him out. And that is such a, such a missed opportunity for them. Yeah. You know, some of these books, they're paying $500 or $1,000 per customer to bring them in the door. And the goal isn't to get a guy who's betting $20. The goal is that one of these guys is going to be a guy who loses at least a million a year. And when you're spending this much money, bringing in all these people 
and then throwing them out before you know how good or bad they are. Uh, it's a horrific business model that just can't, you know, with the money they're spending, it's doomed to fail. And so then, and by the way, who knows of what he speaks, he was a person who helped, uh, who consulted on on player profiling, if I'm not mistaken, in the past. So you're very aware uh, of that side of the, of the desk on that. But as a better than, you've been able to this day, like even as we speak now, you've been able to sort of maintain uh, anonymity in a way that you couldn't, couldn't possibly have hoped for in the past? I, I, I don't know about that. I mean, if you Google my name, it's pretty easy to figure out who I am. But the, the sports books clearly are not using player profiling software. So from that perspective, yes, I've been anonymous even as I, you know, play games with them. <laughs> as you play games with them. We'll leave it at that. Uh, all right. Let's, let's talk about some things that might be uh, more tangible. Let's just, do, let's just have some simple, before we get into things that actual betters can act on, let's just talk about the notion of parlays. Because there's a lot of people okay. who are listening, Elihu, who are like, okay, I understand that people say that parlays are bad, but, you know, I keep doing them, and they're keep, you know, it's still fun for me to do. And so uh, I need someone to really explain to me why they're bad. All right. In, in sports betting, your goal is to maximize your bankroll growth. Not your EV, but your long-term growth. If all you cared about was EV, you'd bet your whole bankroll on every play anytime you thought you had an edge. But you want it to grow. There are right and wrong answers in sports betting. If I said, what is it just like there's right and wrong answers in geography? If I said, is Washington, D.C. the capital of France? And you said, yes, you're wrong. If you say, I'm smart betting two-team parlays because my plays are good, you're wrong. So there's a mathematical way to say, how much is my bankroll going to grow if I have an edge? You know, you use Kelly Criterion. You can use that for single bets, for straights. You can use it for parlays. And what you'll see is if you use this, you say, I'm going to, I have a, say I'm a 55% winner. I can play two straights or I can play a two-team parlay your bankroll growth is going to be slower betting those parlays because you end up betting less on the because of the volatility. So, you know, if your goal is to make money, the, 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 the answer to should I bet parlays generally is no. Do you find that to this day to be the single biggest mistake? Like we were just to distill it into one simple thing that new bettors do. New bettors have no clue what their edge is, and it's usually negative. So there's, there's too many, it's hard to break down new players' mistakes. You know, maybe the biggest mistake for new players is you shouldn't be betting. Most guys have no chance. <laughs> That's right. Well, I guess if we went to, well, if you put it that way, Elihu, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you want the right or the wrong answer? No, I want the right answer. I want the right answer. Um, so that's the biggest. The biggest thing is that 95% of bettors don't have an edge and that there's perhaps a, a, a group that thinks they have an edge that don't. For those that, I go with 98% have no edge. 98, pardon me. I shortchanged it. You're right. Um, yeah. But for those who actually do, you still see that kind of mistake with parlays. And, and, and again, I just want to emphasize that once again. This is not an opinion. This is not an opinion that you're putting forward. There are exceptions, which we'll get to here after the break. Yes. But that is, is math-based, period. And we yes. don't want to bore people necessarily with a deep dive in the math, but that's what you're saying. It's not boring. You know, anyone who's trying to win in sports betting should be doing a deep dive in the math every chance they get. If you're not using math, 
you're kidding yourself when you're trying to win. Yeah, I, I only meant that from a from a casting a wide net radio perspective right now, <laughs> not from not yeah. from my personal uh, standpoint. So I want to get into a couple things after the after the break with you, which I think are really tangible things beyond just that blanket statement about parlays, which is okay. There actually are three exceptions to the all parlays are bad comment. Uh, we'll get into one of them after the break because we don't want to offend Spanky and, and ruin, yes. ruin some of the things we'll do uh, on the panel there at Bet Bash 2 on Sunday. And then the other thing, which I think is perhaps even as relatable, is this notion of risk-free promotions that are being offered by a whole bunch of books. Do you want to tease that with one sentence, what your topic sentence is on the whole thing? Uh, most players blunder their way through free play, through risk-free plays. Okay, and Elihu will tell you exactly how you're blundering your way through it, and maybe what you ought to be doing. So we'll do that. Parlay exceptions, risk-free promotions. Elihu Foistel, the author of Conquering Risk, is still available if you check it out on Amazon as well. Coming back on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. All the action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000, and your first wager is risk free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM uh, Bet rewards points, that is, that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM Resorts nationwide. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in the state of Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, numbers game at Visa the Sports Betting Network. Still to come, Roxy Roxborough in studio. 
uh, one of my favorite people on planet Earth, the best dressed man in any sports book, uh, the legendary founder of Las Vegas Sports Consultants, for what? To give his annual baseball season win totals. Roxy still loves betting season win totals. So uh, he'll be on later on the show, as will Jason Weingarten, Dr. Bob earlier, Elihu Foist along with us now. Today, today, I consider myself the luckiest man. On the face of the earth. What a show this is. Um, Elihu, by the way, again, the book, the old book, uh, which is still eminently important and absolutely applicable, Conquering Risk, Attacking Wall Street and Vegas. The math still bears out generally in that book, would you say, today? Uh, yes. The, the chapters on handicapping are dated. But, you know, the, the risk management, the prop betting, the, you know, some of the conversions are still re- very relevant. Okay, we left off by talking about uh, parlays are bad, but there are three exceptions to that statement, and yes. one of which you'd like to talk about today. What would that be? Yeah, the, everyone has heard of correlated parlays. Correlated parlays are the holy grail of sports betting because you can take two bets that are generally losers and put them together into a parlay, and they suddenly become magically positive EV. So an example I like to use is I'm going to make a bet on the next person to come off of an escalator at a mall. And the first thing is, are they shorter or taller than 5'7", you know, even money either way? Mm -hmm. And the second is, do they weigh more or less than 170 pounds? So if a person is tall, they're more likely to weigh more. If they're short, they're more likely to weigh less. Not always. But the trick is there's a relationship between them. And if uh, either of these relationships mean that, you know, of the four possibilities, you're going to hit more than 27.5%, suddenly these two losing bets merge together, become winning. So what you're saying is essentially right, that the the person above the 5'7 could be correlated with the over on the weight as well, and vice versa, under and under. Um, And then you have the negatively correlated outcomes, which would be the chump bets. If you're going to bet, you know, over... Height with right. the underweight. Right. So, w- what is your stance then? Let's take this to the same game parlays that are sweeping the nation here, that are being offered by some books, not here in Nevada, not here in Nevada, uh, but at some books that people are just. It is sports books reporting that it is a massively popular, huge portion of their overall handle. So, if you're betting into the same game parlay tab, so a lot of the sports books you have to you go onto the tab to bet different bet in the same market. In general, those are sucker bets it's because they are using software and gonna, if there is a correlation, they're going to price it correctly. If you're going to bet, if say, you know, a correlated parlay, you want to find a way to bet it that doesn't use that tab. So if you're going to bet, for example, a, a, you know, a spread and a total for the game and you find one that's a you know, big enough ratio to have a strong correlation, don't do it in the same game parlay. Do it outside. And a lot of books won't allow it. But some of them do. And if they do, you know, it's just it's free money. OK. The other thing that people are taking huge advantage of, we saw this in, in offshores, you know, as far back as the 90s. We don't have this again. Nevada accepted. We don't have this uh, this advent happening here, but risk-free promotions all throughout the land, and people just swear by them. But you say, generally speaking, maybe not even generally, but almost like entirely, with rare exception, people are just absolutely blundering this whole thing. What do you mean? So let's say you know, Caesars had a $5,000 risk-free play promotion. You make a bet. If your first bet loses, you get a free, five, you know, free bet for the amount you lost. So people see the $5,000, and they want – there's two things. They want to bet as much as they can, and they don't think about how much of a bankroll is required. 
So there's, there's two aspects of the promotion. You know, what is the best way to exploit it? And the answer depends on what your bankroll is. Because if you have a million dollar bankroll or if you have a hundred thousand dollar bankroll, you can use riskier strategies. Um, now, Again, a parlay here. This wasn't, wasn't one of the three exceptions I'm talking about. But if you have a free play, generally the EV is going to be higher to do, use a parlay, like a three-team parlay. Mm-hmm. But so is your bankroll requirement. So like, if you're looking at, I have a risk-free bet for $5,000. If I'm going to do a three-team parlay just on random coin flips for the bet and 3000 on, sorry, three-team parlay on the free bet, you know, my equity, let's see what my equity is. Uh, might be 10%. Um, but your bankroll requirements to do a 5,000 free play using parlays would be about 50,000. So if you're doing it with, if you're doing this par- parlay strategy with less than a 50 bankroll, you're using a suboptimal strategy. You're saying DC is the capital of France, and it's not. <laughs> Well, and let me ask you this, because this obviously triggers the question. What do you surmise, Elihu, is the percentage of people that actually adhere to the proper parameters that you just described? Uh, I'm going to say less than 2%. Yes. Because even even winning players mess up bankroll management sometimes. I would I would say that's probably accurate. What is what is someone like you? You already said you want to you want to go with a, a new book and you're you're considering publishing it, you're already writing it, but what, what, what do you think you want to do in five years, 10 years for someone who's not motivated by money anymore? What do you think you want to get into? No, I'm not unmotivated by money. Money still is, is part of the scorecard, but it's, it's not for the purpose of spending it. Um, you know, I'd like to, I, I would like to get into public policy, find ways to analyze problems and solve, you know, improve people's lives through public policy. So there are so many things you see where bad decisions make people's lives worse. You know, if you increase education across the board, if you have childcare across the board, if you have less income inequality, everything about a society tends to improve. When you, you know, you have all these policies though that are separating those super wealthy from the super poor. And the, the bigger the disparity, the more problems a society has. So I don't know if that's going way too out in the left field. But. No, no, no. I'm, I'm fascinated by it because, you know, again, it, having followed you for all these years, and I said something to you yesterday on the phone that I want to say publicly here, too, which is in yeah. all the different, you know, all the different hats that you've worn through the years that I and anybody else who's been immersed in sports betting through the decades – um, has has witnessed whether and I'll tell you this the Justin Seven stuff with conflict conflict resolution that you did at SBR, just as you know just as impactful as anything else you did writing the books and and I just want to say what I said to you yesterday which is while I've learned from you information and things to guide me. It is also simultaneously been humbling for me right because it tells me so much that I don't know, right? It always keeps me grounded. And so if you ever have as a sports better the inclination to be cocky about anything, right, what you've been able to do, whether this was your intention or not, this is sort of collateral from it, which I think is really valuable, Elihu, to be honest with you, is you taught me how how much I have to learn. And I think not only for sports betting, but I think in any walk of life, that is such a great um, mentor, mentoring thing to have. So I thank you. For me to you, I really thank you for that. I'm still making mistakes and still learning. I'm still making $100,000 mistakes. So, Yeah. Okay. 
Well, listen, I appreciate it. I don't think we gave away, uh, you know, en- enough that Spanky would be mad at us. But I look forward. I for- think we're okay. Yeah, I think we're okay. I look forward to having you on the panel. Want to just give a hint for the people who are going to attend at what other directions you might want to go on the panel on Sunday? Um, I think we're going to talk about having recreational accounts last longer. So DraftKings doesn't cut your limits when you're at 10 or Caesars or, you know, all. there's lots of ways where you can beat a book out of more and not get kicked out quite as fast. Yes, it's, it, we're, we're going to go with the, uh, with the guiding principal, Roxy, who's going to be on the show later. He was on with me uh, and on primetime action of about a couple months ago, with Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin. And he, and he, were talking about, he was talking about Billy Walters in this context, but he said, he goes, you know, is Billy Walters the greatest handicapper of all time? And he said, eh, maybe. Is he the greatest sports better of all time? And he said, yes. without a doubt. And that's what execution. We'll, execution. Yes. That's what we'll be talking about um, from that sort of umbrella line on the panel on Sunday. Elihu, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. What's your Twitter handle, by the way? I don't know if you're that active on Twitter, but for those who want to see what you're talking about. D underscore Foistel. E underscore Foistel, which is F. D, D is in dog underscore Foistel. Oh, D. Pardon me. D is my middle. Daniel's my middle name. Okay. D underscore Foistel. F- and someone hacked my original one, which was Elihu or E Foistel. So I just <laughs> didn't bother. Don't go to that one. D underscore F-E-U-S-T-E-L. Thank yes. you, Elihu. Appreciate it as always, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Elihu Foistel, everybody. Data scientist, author, and really the best problem solver in all of sports betting. Period. End of sentence. Who I've learned more from than anybody else. That's for sure. Sorry, Dr. Bob. Maybe Dr. Bob's close second. I love Dr. Bob. But I'm just saying. Coming back, Jason Weingarten from under a cloud of smoke in Southern Cali. Next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.